Hey there, friends. How's it going? My name is Kyle Devlin, and I am the host of this podcast. This is the Having a Blast podcast. Having a Blast is a pop punk and emo podcast where we'll be doing a deep dive on important albums and bands. We'll also be speaking with band members, producers, and friends. If you happen to like what you hear, if you could do me a huge favor, perhaps give us a five-star review. That just really helps get the algorithms working in our favor, and then more people can hear the podcast. Or Another thing that really helps us out is if you share it with a friend. If you've got a friend that enjoys this type of music, pop punk and indie, I'd greatly appreciate it. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm excited because I'm talking about the differences of two genres of music. The genres of music in which we spend a great deal of talking about on this particular podcast. That's right, we're going to be talking about the differences between pop punk and emo. So I've got to preface this by giving credit to my partner for coming up with this topic because she was the one who asked me the other day and she asked the question and then suggested that I talk about it on an episode of Having a Blast. So here we are. It was in my attempt to answer the question that she asked that I recognized, oh, this is a bit of a loaded topic and it's not as easy to answer succinctly and there's a lot of layers to it. But at the same time, I don't know if I have a clue as to what the actual answer is. So I gave my initial thoughts to my partner. I said that pop punk is generally happier sounding, while emo is relatively more somber and melancholy sounding. But is that an accurate representation? I don't know. Does clarity feel sad or happy to me? Does Crimson feel happy or sad to me? Crimson meaning Alkaline Trio's album, Crimson. Does Make Damn Sure feel sad to me? Does I Miss You by Blink feel happy to me? There aren't overly simplistic answers that I could give, and I think there is a lot of nuance here, and of course a lot of gray area. And what I found in trying to answer this question is that there's actually quite a bit of tears and levels and obviously waves to this whole thing, and this is where it gets complicated. So here we go. I decided to outsource to my Facebook friends and get their feedback on this question because I knew there was a lot of people in there that might be able to answer or might have fun answering the question. What is the difference between pop punk and emo music? There's really no way I could have predicted the amount of responses I got and honestly I think I could get a lot more if I deliberately asked some more specific people and friends and musicians and producers and things and maybe I'll do that for another episode. I definitely wanted to share their thoughts, the ones that I got on this particular podcast. So I hope you'll enjoy getting some of their different perspectives. I certainly did. I think it's good to define terms. So first, let's take a look at some descriptions that I just found on the internet. What is pop punk according to Wikipedia? Well, let's look that up, shall we? Pop punk, also known as punk pop, although I don't know any self-respecting person that's going to use the words punk pop in describing any type of music these days. Let's see. 
Pop punk is a rock music genre that combines the textures and fast tempos of punk rock with the melodies and chord progressions of power pop and pop music. It is defined for its emphasis on traditional pop, songcraft, and adolescent and anti-suburbia themes, and is distinguished from other punk variant genres by drawing more heavily from the 1960s pop rock and the music of bands such as the Beatles, the Kinks, and the Beach Boys. Pop punk has evolved throughout its history, absorbing elements of new wave, college rock, ska, rap, emo, and boy bands. Who remembers the Click Five? Anyone? And is sometimes viewed interchangeably with power pop and skate punk. The genre emerged in the late 1970s with groups such as the Ramones, the Undertones, Buzzcocks, Bad Religion, and the Descendants, followed in the 1980s and early 1990s by a host of bands signed to Lookout Records, including Screeching Weasel, The Queers, and the Mr. T Experience. In the mid to late 1990s, the genre saw a massive widespread popularity increase with bands like Green Day, and of course Green Day brought it to the forefront in 1994, as well as The Offspring, and then later, Blink-182. The genre was further popularized by the Warp Tour. Pop punk success continued in the early 2000s with artists like Sum 41 and Newfound Glory. After the 2000s, pop punk acts were largely indistinguishable from artists tagged as quote-unquote emo to the extent that emo crossover acts such as Fall Out Boy and Paramore popularized a punk pop style dubbed emo pop. I don't know anybody that ever used the words emo pop either. By the 2010s, pop punk's mainstream popularity had waned, with rock bands and guitar-centric music becoming rare on dance-focused pop radio. In 2020, pop punk began experiencing a resurgence with acts such as Machine Gun Kelly and Youngblood leading a revival of the genre, and I'd include Mod Sun in that list as well. Okay, so I think that's a pretty good synopsis of pop punk and where it originated and where it is now. So what exactly is emo according to the internet? By internet I mean Wikipedia because all things on Wikipedia is gospel and totally true 100% emo is a rock music genre characterized by an emphasis on emotional expression sometimes through confessional lyrics confessional buzzword there it emerged as a style of post-hardcore from the mid-1980s hardcore punk movement in Washington DC where it was known as emotional hardcore or emo core and pioneered by bands such as Rites of Spring and the band Embrace in the early to mid 1990s emo was adopted and reinvented by alternative rock indie rock and pop punk bands such as Sunny Day Real Estate Jawbreaker Weezer and Jimmy Eat World with Weezer breaking into the mainstream during this time and Pinkerton might be one of the best emo records of all time. By the mid-1990s, bands such as Braid, The Promise Ring, and The Get Up Kids emerged from burgeoning Midwest emo scenes, and several independent record labels began to specialize in the genre. Meanwhile, Screamo, a more aggressive style of emo music using screamed vocals, also emerged, pioneered by San Diego bands Heroin and Antioch Arrow. Screamo achieved mainstream success in the 2000s with bands like Hawthorne Heights, Silverstein, Story of the Year, Thursday, the used and under oath. Often seen as a subculture, emo also signifies a specific relationship between fans and artists and certain aspects of fashion, culture, and behavior. Emo fashion has been associated with skinny jeans, tight t-shirts with band names, studded belts, and flat, straight, jet black hair with long bangs covering one eye. 
of course, which is really bad for your eyesight. Fun little fact there. Since the early to mid-2000s, fans of emo music who dress like this are referred to as quote-unquote emo kids or quote-unquote emos, and known for listening to two bands like My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, Hawthorne Heights, The Used, and AFI, the emo subculture is stereotypically associated with the socially oppressed, sensitivity, misanthropy, introversion, and angst. Its quick rise in popularity in the early 2000s inspired a backlash with bands such as My Chemical Romance and Panic at the Disco rejecting the emo label because of the social stigma and controversy surrounding it. Emo and its subgenre, emo pop, entered mainstream culture in the early 2000s with the success of Jimmy Eat World and Dashboard Confessional, and many artists signed major record labels. Bands such as My Chemical Romance, AFI, Fall Out Boy, and the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus continued the genre's popularity during the rest of the decade. By the early 2010s, emo's popularity had declined, with some groups changing their sound and others disbanding altogether. Meanwhile, however, a mainly underground emo revival emerged with bands such as The Whole World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die and Modern Baseball, some drawing on the sound and aesthetic of 1990s emo. During the late 2010s, a fusion genre called emo rap was mainstream, with some of emo rap's most famous artists including Lil Peep, Triple X, Tentacion, I don't even know how you say that, and Juice World. Okay, so I think that's a pretty succinct view of emo and its subgenres. It's definitely gone all over the place. All right, cool. But let's get some other people's thoughts on what the difference is between pop punk and emo, shall we? So I'm going to take a look at the thread on Facebook and just list some of the thoughts there. Now, I should mention that the very first comment on this thread, what's the difference between emo and pop punk, I shared this two days ago, has 250 comments right now, as of right now. The first comment was a comment from me in which I said, all responses go on the podcast this week. So if anybody didn't want me to say their thoughts on this podcast, well, I I apologize. (laughs) I'm I'm listing them on this podcast. So the first comment, which is actually really funny, is from a friend of mine who just happens to be an online coach as well, personal trainer, online fat loss nutrition coach. And he comments, excuse me, professor, is there a word limit for this assignment? And do you need citations? Which is really funny. And I replied that I'm going to attempt to keep this podcast limited to 40 minutes, but I would be fully on board with reading all of his thoughts. And that's true, I would. In which case, he said, I'm going to need a few weeks for research and note taking and thinking. (laughs) My buddy Toby said pop punk uses power chords, emo uses open chords. And I like that. That's accurate. And that made me think of Chris Caraba and his open tunings that he's kind of famous for. He doesn't use open tunings on all of his songs, but he does use them on a lot of songs, including some of his most popular songs, like Screaming Infidelities. I know that's an open tuning. And that's one of the reasons it sounds so pretty when he's playing all by himself and acoustically. He's got that open tuning. And open tuning just refers to you can literally strum all of the strings in unison with the chords, and it sounds very nice and pretty. And you're usually limited to what you can play with open tunings as far as the keys. And sometimes you have to play within a major key, and sometimes you have to play within a minor key. One person wrote sadness levels, and that's definitely what I was thinking when I think about these two genres. Typically, emo is going to be a little bit more sad. It's going to be a little bit higher on the sadness level. We had comments like Sum 41 or Hawthorne Heights. So I would probably put Sum 41 in the pop punk category, while Hawthorne Heights is a little bit more on the screen slash emo category. They mentioned that the differences are generally going to be the writing, the style, the sound. One person wrote, one makes you cry, the other makes you fly. I'm assuming he means pop punk makes you fly. 
and I'm just happy to know that somebody thinks pop punk music makes them fly. Figuratively speaking, I would assume. One person wrote, one likes poop and fart jokes, and the other likes hair product and eyeliner. So I think I know where they're going with that. But I can't help but think about Blink-182's I Miss You, and especially that video where Mark and Tom are both wearing eyeliner. So does that mean that Blink went emo, or they wrote more emo-sounding songs on the untitled record? I don't really know. Some people mention that Blink-182 is, in essence, a pop-punk band, even with their more serious-sounding songs that tackled more adult themes, relationships gone sour, as well as the slowing down the tempo of some of their songs and being a little bit more experimental. They think, in essence, the band is a pop-punk band. Some people mentioned that the only real difference was the style of the hair, and that might be accurate. <laughs> One person said that emo music is hair that goes down, punk music is hair that goes up, and there's something brilliantly succinct about that. A lot of people mentioned the tears. The tears differentiated the two genres, and to the first comment where they mentioned the tears, I asked the question, is emo reserved for pop punk slash skate punk kids that get sad? And was Fugazi sad? To which they replied, Fugazi was not emo at all. If anything, they were post-hardcore. And I said, but you would agree they were emotional. And they replied, they had the same emotion, quote unquote, minor threat did. Anger and angst. And I think that's actually a fantastic point and a good perspective. They went on to say that emo is more woe is me lyrics and hardcore is you're the fucking problem. <laughs> they also mentioned that they would guess they would classify Fugazi as intelligent hardcore. But I know a lot of people that consider Fugazi the original emo band, or at least one of the first quote unquote emo bands. And then they mentioned that the original emo band is Rites of Spring. And that's probably a good indicator as well. And that's something they mentioned in that Wikipedia article as well. One person wrote that emo is less commercial and more indie, and that pop punk is also more upbeat than emo. To which I replied with a question, wasn't Fall Out Boy and My Chem quote-unquote emo? And wouldn't those bands be considered commercial or at the very least commercially successful? So I think that's where people get a little tripped up in their defining of terms because sometimes people mention that pop punk was more commercialized. Well, that may be true, but Fall Out Boy was huge and they were considered an emo band, especially with their lyrical content. I tend to associate them more with pop punk, especially with their first two albums and what they sounded like. But I think that's where you get the all apparent paths for emo and pop punk paralleling with one another and essentially becoming the same thing at one point, especially in the early to mid 2000s. One person wrote that one is slightly more insufferable than the other. To which I replied, but which one? <laughs> a lot of people brought up eyeliner brands, which I think is a bit of a cheap shot, but okay, fair enough. I think anybody who encapsulates emo as just being eyeliner rock or associate emo with eyeliner has to have at least one favorite Jimmy World song. I mean, don't we all? One person wrote that pop punk is a happier, more upbeat style, even if it has dark lyrics. They're still catchy and... Pop punk tends to stem from an upbeat progression, while emo, this person wrote, that shit sticks to you like glue. You can literally feel the pain in the music and in the lyrics as well. And this person wrote, the first time I heard Lil Peep, I could feel the pain and that he connected with that a lot. Same as with Kurt, and I'm assuming he means Kurt Cobain. So that's kind of an interesting take. So maybe it's more about how the music makes you feel, feeling the pain of the artist and relating to that and feeling it within the lyrical content as well as the delivery. 
One person wrote, for me, emo was a bit more morbid and self-deprecating in the lyrics and a little more on the indie rock side. Pop punk sung a lot about girls, but it was rarely morbid and mostly fun and quite a bit faster. And I would say that tempo definitely plays a role, but there are a couple of exceptions to the morbidness because I think you get into those earlier Saves the Day and Alkaline Trio records. Some of those lyrics are a little morbid, honestly. And one other person mentioned that Fugazi was the first quote-unquote emo band, or at least that's what they think, since they were playing more emotional music than the standard hardcore at the time, and I would agree with that. The Promise Ring, Captain Jazz, the Appleseed cast, etc. were all considered quote-unquote emo, more musical and thought out musically than your typical punk or pop punk. Pop punk was on the popular side of punk things, like the Ramones, Buzzcocks, Bad Religion, Descendants are often looked at as the most influential pop punk band of all time, and that may be true. Milo's tattooed forever on Travis Barker's leg, and he's in one of the most iconic pop punk bands of the last two decades. The later years, quote-unquote emo was used to describe third wave pop punk, and I would agree with that. That's where they kind of melded in to one another. I've never thought of Newfound Glory, Fall Out Boy, Paramore, Taking Back Sunday, etc. as emo because they are not. <laughs> and I would probably agree with that. Or at the very least, I think that's what publications were calling them more than anything. Another person interjected to mention that Rites of Spring is considered the first emo band and that they do not consider Fugazi emo at all, post-hardcore if anything else. And this person mentions Embrace as well as being one of the first quote-unquote emo bands. And they said, I remember years ago reading an interview with Ian and I'm assuming he means Ian from Fugazi and Minor Threat and his hatred of the term emo core. If I remember it right, he called it the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And that sounds like something that Ian from Minor Threat slash Fugazi would say. One person said that pop punk is what you listen to when you meet a new significant other, while emo is what you listen to when you split up. And that's kind of brilliant. I think pop punk is definitely on the sunnier side of things. And then after a breakup, that was always the joke. You break up with someone and then you immediately start listening to Dashboard Confessional. And I think that's what he was writing about a lot. And so I asked the question, so did Blink-182 become emo? And they said, no, Blink is absolutely still just pop punk. They might write about sad things occasionally, but their overall message and music has been fun and happy. Even the sad songs are surrounded by an overwhelming sense of joy. And they also mentioned just pop punk is a bit of a generalization but we were working with generalized music. So that's a bit of a dig, <laughs> I think. Let's see. One person wrote an amazing analogy, and I'm just going to read it here. I asked the guy at Winchell's Donuts what the difference between a cream-filled long john and an eclair was, to which he replied, about 54 cents. <laughs> so I think there's an analogy in there somewhere about the differences between pop punk and emo. Maybe it's just about how it's presented. One person wrote emo equals sad punk with screaming while pop punk equals happy punk while drinking monster. <laughs> One person asked, are you going to go into what really constitutes emo? And I think I have, but I think that's the question, isn't it? We have to define terms. It's tough, though, because there are so many layers and parallels. Nothing exists in isolation when it comes to these bands and their experiences. Every band that listens to another band listens to another band and is influenced by that art and is influenced by the things that they hear, the things that they like, the things that they don't like. So nothing exists in a vacuum. I think that's probably why emo and pop punk eventually became one, because they were all influencing each other in some direct or indirect way. Even simply going from the Bay Area to the Midwest 
changes what emo is and I would agree with that that's what this person wrote as well because there were different scenes on both of those areas and they were both pivotal and they were both really important but this is also why emo may just become or be a nebulous term another musician that I respect wrote to me emo has always been a mood or feeling you get from the music whereas pop punk is an actual style of music defined mostly by upbeat tempos and catchy melodies to make it weirder punk by itself isn't necessarily a style of music but more of a mindset i don't know all the words are made up anyway and you are definitely correct about that but language matters i think language is important because that's how we define terms and how we make sense of the world around us by giving it meaning i wrote i tend to associate pop punk with upbeat tempos and catchy melodies as well but also more tongue-in-cheek lyrics emo is a little more serious a little more woe is me he wrote I think something can have a dark or sad lyric, but an upbeat melody and tempo, making it not necessarily emo. And that's when I think of Alkaline Trio and Saves the Day, because you've got their earlier records that sound very happy, but then you dive into the lyrics and they're quite sad and sometimes morbid. Sometimes you can tell there's a little bit of nihilism, maybe, and a little bit of cynicism and bleakness. But, you know, you listen to Chris Conley on interviews and he always talks about how it was all in the early days usually a creative writing assignment that they had in school and that's where a lot of those lyrics were born one person mentioned that it's the difference between mark hoppus and tom DeLong, and i thought that was really interesting and i feel like you could have an entire conversation about that alone mark hoppus being the pop punk tom DeLong being the emo i'm assuming and that might actually be a really brilliant way to describe the differences between pop punk and emo and really i think tom DeLong he didn't really care what they were going to be labeled as it started with boxcar racer boxcar racer was a shift in tone in musicality in how tom wanted to show up in the world and how he wanted to present his art and obviously that directly influenced what would happen later on with blink 182 and he definitely leaned more towards that emotional side. And he was listening to a lot of those bands. I know he was listening to a lot of Refused. He was listening to, I would imagine, mid to late 90s emo bands quite a bit. And I know Mark Hoppus is a big fan of the Get Up Kids. Fun fact, he proposed to his wife while a Get Up Kids song was playing in the background, which I think is really cool. But in terms of Mark Hoppus, look at how he embraces his pop punk legacy. He is all about Blink's legacy and he is all about the fact that they are a pop punk band and he embraces that and I think that's why we have California and I'm okay with that and I enjoy California for what it is even if it isn't the collaboration between Mark and Tom. One person wrote Taste and I think that's a cheap shot as well. Had some funny memes in here so one person posted a meme of the comedian John Mulaney and one side is Taking Back Sunday and it's a picture of John Mulaney saying hey you could pour soup in my lap and I'll probably apologize to you and then right next to that you have Brand New and a picture of John Mulaney saying I'm so horny and angry all the time. There's a lot to unpack right there. I'm not going to speak to brand new right now, but that's a pretty funny meme and accurate, maybe. But I also don't know if I would classify Taking Back Sunday as a pop punk band. They are traditionally considered an emo band, right? Even if they have really upbeat, catchy 
poppy songs. One person wrote, I always saw it as emo, in parentheses sad, is sometimes what we were feeling on the inside, but pop punk, in parentheses happy, is what we want people to see. Mostly I think this because I remember some of the worst times in my life were where I'd be listening to pop punk with my friends and pretend like everything was fine, but when I was all by myself, I would listen to a lot of emo music. And they said, that sounds depressing, but I think they both help in different ways. And that's kind of an interesting take as well, you know? It depends on what mood you're in as far as what you want to listen to. Pop punk might be more party music. Emo music might be more introvert, introspective music. It's probably reflected in just the musical style as well. One person wrote the amount of whining, and they also said pop punk for life, to which I replied, I was a pretty whiny pop punk kid, and that's true. Try not to be a whiny pop punk adult, but... You know, I have my good days and bad days. One person wrote, pop punk is faster, louder, and generally happier. Emo is more introspective and coffeehouse poetry. It's actions and activities versus feelings. It's newfound glory and yellow card versus clarity era Jimmy World, the get up kids and dashboard. And this is kind of where I grow up in that same era. And I wrote a response. This is what I thought at first, but the difference, it's worth mentioning that NFG was heavily influenced by the Get Up Kids and Yellow Card was heavily influenced by Jimmy. So what does this mean exactly? I don't know if you can necessarily call NFG, meaning Newfound Glory, pure pop punk because they're an emo band as well. They're very emotional and they were influenced by not only emotional music, but emotional hardcore, regular hardcore from the 90s. And I know Yellow Card was very much influenced by by bands like the Get Up Kids, Jimmy World, Dashboard Confessional. So there has to be some crossover there with those bands, especially. This person replied with emo sings inward, pop punk sings outward. And I think that's an interesting way to describe it as well. Inward versus outward. But also at the same time, Newfound Glory and Yellow Card were also heavily influenced by Fat Wreck and Epitaph. So those were skate punk labels and skate punk bands. So they had that element of that punk energy to it. And then maybe that's why they're more on the pop punk side because they grew up on those faster skate punk bands. And that's a huge part of this too. And that's where the tears and waves really come in and come into play because all of these bands were then either directly or indirectly influencing the next wave of bands. And I think that's why you have pop punk and emo basically becoming one thing because there's a meeting of minds there where you've got emotional hardcore starting out in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, early 90s. And at the same time, you've got the same time period with the skate punk bands like Descendants and Bad Religion and No Effects and the culmination of the popularity of Fat Records and Epitaph influencing the next wave of popular punk bands like Blink-182 and MXPX. And if you listen to those early MXPX and Blink-182 records, they're fast as hell. I mean, they're basically skate punk records about girls. They're not writing about politics. That's the difference. And then things start to get really poppy towards the late 90s. And that's where pop punk really explodes. It starts with Green Day, but Green Day started out as a bit of a more mid-tempo pop punk band. They were never a skate punk band. So maybe that's where it collided. You had Fat Records meeting early Green Day, and that's really where pop punk came from. One person, <laughs> one person used emojis. They said, everything sucks and will stay this way. Sad emoji. And then right underneath that, they wrote, everything sucks and will stay this way with a very happy cry laugh emoji. So <laughs> I think we can deduce which one's emo and which one's pop punk. That's pretty funny. One person wrote, emo is a silly name. What music isn't emotional? And I would agree with that. Emo may have lost its meaning when you 
utter a phrase like that. One person wrote that there's a lot of nuance to this, and I would agree. Pop punk tends to follow the popular trends of that time with a punk taste, and emo doesn't care about what is or isn't popular, but can still sound like pop punk because a four chord song is a four chord song. (laughs) To which I reply, do you think Green Day was following trends? And I don't necessarily think they were. This person wrote from a songwriting perspective, kinda. They didn't rock the boat and took what was popular in the punk scene aesthetically and arguably made it more palatable to a wider audience. And I would agree with that, but I don't think they did that with Dookie. I think that came from a more pure place. And honestly, even with American Idiot, I don't think they were following trends. I mean, writing a, a rock opera, that was the left turn for them specifically. I think if anything, it was more about the look that was when Billy Joe started wearing eyeliner because it was popular at the time. So maybe that's where they kind of jumped on the trend a little bit. One person wrote, it all bleeds into the same. It's hard to tell from song to song even. And I think that's definitely true into the mid 2000s for sure. That's when they became the same thing. And I think since then they've been splitting up. One person wrote, well, all the old emo music was epic, and then some idiot started labeling any shitty band that wore makeup in the early 2000s as emo, regardless of what style they really were. They went on to say, it was a bummer because anything from AFI to My Chemical Romance was then labeled emo. And that's true. That seemed to be what a lot of the publications were saying at the time. Whether or not they were emo, you definitely saw that word being thrown around a lot. And speaking of AFI, since this person mentioned that particular seminal and inspiring band, the mid 2000s 2000s emo with all its theatricality and even the look, the aesthetic, the makeup. All those bands have a ton of debt owed to AFI. AFI was the one who ushered that in. They were the ones who melded punk with that theatricality and those types of dynamics, as well as the aesthetic with Davey Havoc. I remember the first time I saw AFI, it was before he was wearing makeup in the late 90s. I saw him play the bottleneck to about 50 people. And then Towards the year 2000, that's when he really started ramping up the look and he would come out in full-on white makeup all over his face and jet black hair. And I think that really inspired a lot of young kids who were just then starting bands at the 2000 mark because then you had bands like Mike M, The Used, Atreyu, all following suit. They all owe a lot to AFI. I got some really thoughtful answers here. I'm going to read just a few more. My buddy Mark wrote that pop punk is generally three or four chord progressions while emo guitar riffs get a little bit more eccentric. I guess pop punk is a little more basic but more fun. Acoustic guitars generally lean towards the emo side. Pop punk can turn emo when stripped down to acoustic versions on their own songs though. That's my hot take. That is interesting and I like that because yeah, I think you can take a pop punk song and turn it into an emo song if you really want to. And some bands do that. Doesn't necessarily make them an emo band, but maybe every band is emotional to a certain extent. So maybe every band's emo. Maybe the Beatles were emo. Let's see. There's a lot of blend and crossover, though. Some pop punk bands write emo songs, and some emo bands write pop punk songs. And when I think about that, I think about the early 2000s. I think of bands like The Starting Line and Newfound Glory, who I mentioned earlier, and even Taking Back Sunday. If you listen to Where You Want to Be, I feel like there's a lot of pop punk tunes on that record. And the emo elements come through in some of the songs, but also the lyrics more than anything. One person mentioned that style, musically, and lyrically 
This is a great question. We'll always be debated about who's who and what's what. In my opinion, emo bands are derived of hardcore fans, and pop punk bands are derived from punk bands, i.e. Blink and MXPX are big punk fan bands. They grew up on the Descendants and Screeching Weasel, and it shows in their music and lyrics. Bands like Saves the Day and the Apathy Cast, they're fans of hardcore music, and that really shows in their styles. But then there are bands who cross the borders. Alkaline Trio is a great example. I feel like their early years, they were more emo and big fans of Jawbreaker. But then midway through their career, they went mainstream with pop punk. As well as the Ataris, I've always felt like they were a pop punk band who wanted to be an emo band. That's interesting. But then you have bands like the Get Up Kids and Dashboard, and they are hard on the emotional style of emo bands. One person wrote, I don't listen to pop punk when I'm eating soup in the shower. (laughs) And I just want to thank them for that reply. I think that's amazing. Yeah, they're probably headbanging in the shower while they're eating soup. That's a good visual. One person wrote, Get Up Kids Emo. Every band that sounds like the Get Up Kids, pop punk. (laughs) And that is pretty accurate, honestly. And I don't really know why that is, but the Get Up Kids sound like an emo band to me. And then there are millions, probably, that's not hyperbole, pop punk bands out there that were influenced, directly influenced by the Get Up Kids. And God bless the Get Up Kids, man. I really want to talk to one of those dudes on this podcast. One person wrote, pop punk is whining with double time and octaves. Emo is more complaining with halftime and triads. <laughs> and whiny, complaining. Okay, we're just talking about the things that go on in our life here. All right? We're allowed to express ourselves through art. One person wrote the 1990s. There was a huge difference. Yeah, I would say there was a huge difference in the 90s when it came to pop punk bands and emo bands. There was definitely a, more of a split among those two genres. They were completely different genres in the 90s. One person wrote the tempo, and I think tempo is definitely a part of it. Pop punk is generally faster. Emo is a little bit more mid-tempo, a little bit more halftime. One person wrote, good friend of mine, David, everyone's definition of emo is different depending on the era you grew up in. I'd say the only thing that everyone can really agree on is that emo is subjective while pop punk is objective. For me, growing up in the late 90s throughout the 2000s, my favorite pop punk albums were Cartel Chroma, Newfound Glory, Self-Titled, The Starting Line, Say It Like You Mean It, Reliant K, mm -hmm, Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. That being said, my favorite emo albums were Jimmy World, Clarity, Brand New, Your Favorite Weapon, Slash Deja, Nintendo, Thursday, We're All the Time, and Further Seems Forever, The Moon Is Down, Slash How to Start a Fire. I think anyone reading this would agree the pop punk albums are pop punk, but there's a million people who will tell me that emo albums are emo. That's an interesting point. One person wrote that they consider Your Favorite Weapon by Brand New as pop punk and Deja Nintendo as emo. And that's probably more accurate, I would say. Your Favorite Weapon is definitely a faster, more upbeat record. But the lyrics, you can't deny the lyrics. And it's difficult to talk about Brand New at all these days, just based on everything that's happened with Jesse Lacey. But I think if we're separating ourselves from that, and you just look objectively at your favorite weapon, it's clearly a pop-punk record. It was a pop-punk record with very emo lyrics. See? There's nuance to this whole thing. One person wrote, I think it's all about what the band is trying to accomplish, and you can kind of look at the song structure for that. To be pop implies a certain accessibility, so generally pop-punk songs are going to be VC, VC, BC, which means verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, so that traditional song structure, and have big earworm hooks. They also have to draw from some punk influence, so they're going to be fast and mostly power chords and simple riffs. Emo, I think, is a lot more haphazard in song structure, with breakdowns and instrumental sections thrown in wherever it feels best to the particular band, or sections where you're not sure whether it's a verse or a chorus, and it never repeats. Because its roots are in hardcore, there should still be some amount of screaming or vocal performances that are pushed to the limit. That's an interesting point, too. 
song structure may have something to do with it. I think of Taking Back Sunday being one of the more recent examples, kind of playing with different song structures. They typically will do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then a gigantic bridge slash outro. And the bridge is just the end of the song. And this person went on to write, I guess to sum that up, pop punk is accessible skate punk. So I would imagine he means slower skate punk. And emo is hardcore that wants to explore. One person wrote it could all coexist at Warp Tour, and I would agree. One person asked me to define what I think both are. And so I'll just read that here and maybe I'll expand on my thoughts a little bit. But I tend to associate pop punk with more upbeat drum tempos, obviously catchy melodies, big anthemic choruses, and generally more tongue-in-cheek lyrics about not fitting in and relationships. So when I think of pop punk bands, I think of Green Day, I think of Blink-182, MXPX, etc. Bands that grew up on fat records and epitaph records, but with members who grew up in the suburbs and members who didn't necessarily want to write songs about politics yet because they were just more entrenched in what was going on either in school or just after school or just trying to find their place in the world. I tend to associate emo or emo bands with more mid halftime tempos, emotional lyrics, as well as delivery, woe is me lyrical themes, twinkly and more layered guitar tones, etc. Songs about relationships gone sour. That's typically what I think of when I think of emo. Bands like Jimmy Eat World, especially early Jimmy Eat World, The Get Up Kids, Mineral, American Football, etc. Both genres to me have anthemic choruses and bridges, and both obviously have a particular aesthetic or style. I remember when I was younger, this is maybe 2000, I went to the Vagrant Records tour. I remember Hey Mercedes, I think Saves the Day, Dashboard Confessional, Hot Rod Circuit, they were all playing. So it was a mammoth tour, and I'd pay a lot of money to see it today. I remember walking into El Torreon, and it was in the big room, and it was a sold-out show. There was a ton of people there. I looked around, and everyone around me had glasses, bangs, and these really tight, striped polos. And I thought to myself, oh, this is emo. <laughs> One person wrote drums, guitar tone, and lyrical delivery. Pretty succinct, and I would agree with that. One person who I would argue is in a very reputable and original beginning emo band from the Midwest. They wrote Twinkly Guitars. And for the longest time, this is how I associated emo in my head. I thought of Twinkly Guitars. Think Clarity, Early Death Cab, American Football. Those Twinkly Guitars, that's how I associated emo when I first heard it. And I think it was because I was first hearing quote unquote emo bands as being Clarity from Jimmy Eat World, Early Death Cab, and American Football. So I was hearing those bands and I didn't really associate emo to be with emotional hardcore or hardcore. Hardcore was a separate thing for me. I'm just going to read a couple more. So I respect this guy. He's a great guy. He's been a musician for many, many years. And he was in a very well-known band in the 90s. And he mentions in the early 90s, emo was very dark, discordant, and anti-pop. Pop punk included just a few bands like Descendants, Slash All, Doughboys, Chemical People, and the <laughs> nth version of Dag Nasty. I found it odd when emo got softer and more melodic bands like Christy Front Drive and The Promise Ring, while pop punk got snottier and less heartfelt, it seems to me that the second wave of pop punk, the more obnoxious version, really influenced the next wave of emo, in parentheses the one that got popular, that emerged in the early 2000s, and then people started getting emo confused with goth and... Oh, you can imagine my intense frustration being an old guy and all, <laughs> in my humble opinion, of course. And I said, I think you're right in many ways. Pop punk started out snotty and fun. Emo is a product of hardcore growing up. Somewhere along the way, they fell into each other. And even though they were different, everyone started conflating the two. 
And I think that happened in the early 2000s to the mid 2000s. One person wrote that pop punk is way more masculine. And I thought that was really interesting, an interesting take. And I asked if they thought emo would be considered more feminine or just less masculine, to which they replied more feminine for sure. And we're dealing in archetypes here. And they mentioned that I think that's what made emo so great. It gave power to more feminine boys. And I think that's a really interesting point. A good friend of mine wrote, I've been in bands like this for 20 years and I have no idea. <laughs> so maybe we just still don't know the true difference between these two genres. But it's been a lot of fun to dive into this, right? All right. So I do think we can summarize what these two genres are based on the trends, even just with this particular Facebook thread and what I just read and the summary of all the thoughts in general, we can come up with a clear definition of both genres and how they differentiate from one another. So pop punk is a music genre that is generally characterized by distorted power chords that are poppy, usually in the T chord progression, anywhere between three and four chord song skeletons that generally follow the traditional songwriting with verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. They are also characterized by poppy melodies, upbeat tempos. It's a little bit faster. It's a little bit happier, a little bit poppier, a little bit more major chord dominant. And the lyrical themes are typically snotty, fun, maybe a little cynical, but they typically, the songs revolve lyrically around falling in love, and not fitting in. Pop punk bands are generally bands comprised of fans who grew up listening to skate punk bands or other pop punk bands like Green Day and Blink-182. So I think that's a pretty good summary of pop punk. Emo, on the other hand, was born out of emotional hardcore, generally from the Washington, D.C. era, but also from the Midwest scene in the mid to late 90s. It's generally characterized by more somber, melancholy, lyrical themes, songs about relationships gone sour, whether that be relationships with a significant other or friendships, because I know Matt Pryor talks a lot about how the old Get Up Kid songs are all about relationships that have gone sour, but friendships specifically. They tend to be a little bit more layered in their guitar tones as well as the chords so layered chords there's generally some twinkly guitars in there somewhere so they can be a little bit softer and a little bit cleaner as far as the guitar tones emo bands don't necessarily follow the traditional song structure Sometimes they will end with a gigantic bridge outro and some bands in the emo genre really are experimental with song structures and they don't tend to follow the traditional song structures. Emo bands tend to be a little bit more experimental as well and they will use minor chord progressions instead of exclusively doing more major chord progressions and T chord progressions. And emo is a little bit more of a nebulous term because bands like Jimmy World, anytime somebody calls Jimmy World a pop punk band or an emo band, I tend to cringe a little bit because I feel like there's so much more than that at this point. They're just a timeless rock band, a pop rock band. Obviously, they were inspired by lots of early alternative rock bands, grunge, bands from the 80s, pop bands as well. And you can hear it in their music. They are very eclectic, but I think there's no denying that Claire definitely ushered in a new wave of emo and spawned a lot of bands that I love like May and Copeland and Spittlefield even that first record. So there you have it. I think that's a pretty good summary of emo bands. And I think when it comes to these two particular genres, you definitely have different waves. Pop punk starting with the Ramones. And then you could say the next wave of pop punk was Descendants. And then maybe bands like NoFX and Green Day and Blink-182. And now you have 
bands like Knuckle Puck and Neck Deep and State Champs all following suit with pop punk. And there's plenty of crossover too. Some pop punk bands write sad songs and it doesn't necessarily mean they're an emo band. And some emo bands write songs with big anthemic choruses and big anthemic bridges comprised of straight power chords. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're a pop punk band. So there's plenty of overlap and there was especially a lot of overlap in in the early to mid 2000s. Emo bands, a lot of people consider Rites of Spring and Embrace and even Fugazi as the original emo bands or at least emotional hardcore bands that ushered in the next wave of emo bands but then you had the midwest scene with the get up kids american football jimmy world and the like and now you have bands like modern baseball joyce maynard pup the world is a beautiful place spanish love songs these are the newer emo bands so there's lots of bands that are just passing the baton and holding the torch which is really cool so maybe we should leave it at that and you can tell me what your thoughts are if you want to hit me up message me on facebook you can follow me at kyle.a.devlin last name is d-e-v v is in victor l-i-n or you can hit me up on instagram my handle is kyle underscore devlin underscore underscore tell me what you think what are your thoughts what's the difference between pop punk and emo does it matter do you like both do you consider them the same thing Hit me up. Let's talk about it. If you've listened this far, I really appreciate you taking the time to check out Having a Blast. And if you could, tell a friend who might enjoy this conversation. All right. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be amazing wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you just want to recommend this podcast to a friend who might enjoy it. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) 